Man, that was awesome. You guys did so good. Yeah. Man, I tell you, that was amazing. And we are so proud of our kids' ministry, preschool ministry here, our student ministry who was also involved in the service today. What an amazing time and amazing Sunday for uh, just everybody who was participating. Man, you guys rock. You guys did so, so good. Uh, and thank you, church, for being here this morning. Um, man, <laughs> boy, Briella Shepherd, did anybody notice she ran and jumped off the stage, literally? I mean, she was ready to get baptized. That was awesome. That was awesome, Briella. <laughs> well, we're especially excited for you, Briella, and Caden. Man, what an awesome time uh, to be baptized today as we celebrate what God is doing in the next generation here at Kernan. So, hey, if you have a Bible with you, open up to Deuteronomy chapter 6. Deuteronomy chapter 6 is where we're going to be uh, this morning as we conclude our 2023 vision series. So if you've been here over the last four weeks, we've been talking about what it looks like to pursue the vision we believe God has given us as a church to pursue. What does it look like for us to worship, walk, and witness, specifically worship with authenticity, walk in community, and witness as we go. And so we have broken that down. We've looked at all the different steps and processes and ways that we seek to do that here at Kernan, all based on the biblical teachings of the Great Commission and the New Testament. If you look at all of that together and you put it all together, that's how we arrive at worship, walk, and witness, the vision, uh, which is part of our vision statement here at Kernan. So thank you again for being here today and being a part of this with us. So hey, let me pray uh, for us and we're going to dig right in and see how Next Gen ministry fits into worship, walk, witness. So let's pray. Jesus, again, we, we love you and we thank you so much for just being able to celebrate salvation today through baptism, Lord, being able to uh, just see that picture of what has already happened in the hearts of Briella and Caden, Lord, we're so thankful for them. God, we thank you for every child that was on this stage this morning and who they represent, Lord, an image bearer of God. Lord, they are your creation. They belong to you ultimately, but Lord, they also belong to us. You have temporarily let us Lord, have them on this earth. And so what a special honor, a special privilege as parents, guardians, grandparents, aunts, uncles, cousins, Lord, all of us as biological families, as adopted families, Lord, as foster families, and all of us here in the family of God together. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that you bring together all of us from different walks and paths of life. Here we are as your one people singing as one voice. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. So we are so excited to continue our series today and just to kind of see how, you know, the next-gen ministry here at Kernan fits into this overall vision. Uh, so when I say next-gen ministry, we're talking about our preschool, kids, and student ministry. So that's essentially, that's from birth through 12th grade, or as we like to say here at Kernan, from diapers to diplomas, right? That's how, we, that's how we do it, right? So we are just really uh, diving in today to talk about how this fits into the overall vision of the church. Now, any Olympic fans out there? Who likes to watch the Summer Olympics, right? A lot of fun, love the Summer Olympics, okay? I aspire to be an Olympian one day. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, maybe, so 
So one of the one of the my favorite right races to watch is the track and field the relay race. You know where they one runner passes the baton to the other. So here's what I want us to do. All right, let, let's just imagine that the relay race in the Olympics. All right, let let's imagine that that is an illustration of church history. Because I know that when you watch that, that's exactly the first thing you think of, right? Church history. All right, well, bear with me, okay? So if the relay race represents church history, then let's say that each runner represents a different generation, all right? So the race is all of history, and, and every runner is a different generation running their race, all right? Well, if that's the case, then the baton, right? The most important part of the race, the baton, pretty vital, that represents the gospel, all right? So the baton is being passed along, represents the gospel of Jesus, his good news, how we love him, how we love others. Now, listen, in all my years of track and field experience, which is none, here's what I know, all right? Here's what I do know. What's the most important part of the relay race? The exchange, right? Passing the baton, right? Because guess what? Uh, if you don't get that right, you're, you're pretty much done, right? So that's the most important part, but not even just the passing of the baton, even more specifically, you know what's the most important part of the race? When both runners are running together. Have you noticed that? One is coming near the end as one is beginning but there is this short moment in the race where it is very necessary that they are both running in sync at the same time together in order that a clean exchange is made. Parents, if you have a kid living at home with you right now, that's the moment that you are currently in where you are both running together and you want to pass along the gospel of Jesus Christ to your child. That moment is not going to last forever. In fact, from birth until a child's 18th birthday, did you know that you only have about 940 weeks 940 weeks with your child during that time. We must make every moment count. <laughs> I had three kids up here today myself. Just watching them sing and praise the Lord on the stage, I'm so thankful for that. And I'm thankful that me and my wife, that we're a part of a church, that we can, we can do that and we can pursue that together. But man, I'm reminded that this is just not going to last forever. And so every moment counts. Psalm 145 verse 4 tells us, One generation shall commend your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. You see, here at Kernan, we believe that the Bible is very clear that it is the primary responsibility of the parent or the guardian to pass along the gospel to the next generation, to their kids that have been entrusted to them by God. 
And so Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4, Paul reminds us, he says specifically to, to fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Now that's not to say that church doesn't play a big role in this process. Of course it does. But here's the thing. There are 168 hours in one week. I did some math this week, okay? There's 168 hours in one week. Now, let me ask you, don't answer out loud. How many of those do you spend at church? On average, maybe one or two. You really holy rollers, maybe three, right? If you're really involved. Here's the thing, okay? So the other 165 hours are spent somewhere else, not here. So the numbers alone prove, they tell us that it's a parent's responsibility to own, to take ownership of the discipleship of their child, to raise their child to love the Lord. You can't depend on me to do that. You can't depend on your Christian friends to do that. Probably the best passage in the whole Bible that encapsulates this truth is in Deuteronomy 6. If you look at verses 1 and 2, we see here Moses is speaking to the nation of Israel after they have been set free from slavery in Egypt. And so they now, being the saved, redeemed people of God, are learning how to live for God. They're learning what it looks like as they wander around in a wilderness. They're, one, they're, they're learning slowly, gradually. God is revealing truth and teaching them what it looks like to walk with Him. And so part of that process includes the family unit. And here's what Moses says in chapter 6, verses 1 and 2. He says, now this is the commandment, the statutes and the rules that the Lord your God commanded me to teach you that you may do them in the land to which you are going over to possess it, that you may fear the Lord your God. Get this, who? You and your son and your son's son. That's interesting that Moses phrases it that way because what he's saying is this is generational. If you, Moses says, if you, the, the, the audience he's speaking to at the time, the parents he's speaking to in the moment, he says, if you can do these commands, if you can fear the Lord, if you can seek to obey him, not perfectly, but in your heart, you know that you love the Lord and you're seeking him, then guess what? You and your son and your son's sons, your children, in other words, and your grandchildren, they We'll understand, he says, by keeping all his statutes and his commandments, which I command you all the days of your life, and that your days may be long. So what are we seeing here? God intends for each generation to pass along his truth so that his redemptive plan continues to unfold throughout time. From one generation to the next, to the next, to the next the baton, the gospel of Jesus Christ is being passed down. Look down at verse 4. In verse 4, Moses continues and he gives the greatest commandment, which is love for God. That's where it starts in our hearts. 
We must adore and worship and love God first if we're ever going to teach our children how to do that. And look what, look what Moses says. He says in verses 4 through 9, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them. Listen to this. Parents, is the word of God on your heart? Okay, if it is, here's what he says. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise you shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. What is Moses saying in all of this? He's saying, parents, it is your job to raise your kids to love the Lord. How does that happen? Does he leave us hanging here? He says, I mean, wow, if you break this down, and I wish we had more time to break it down even more, but, but look at this. What does he say? He says, by teaching them diligently, verse 7. By teaching them diligently. What does that mean? That means that you, parent, you are learning God's truth, and what are you seeking to do? You're seeking then to pass it on to your child in a very structured, intentional way. I think that's what diligently implies, Right? It doesn't say teach them occasionally or teach them when you feel like it or teach them just in that 30-second trip home after church. No, it says teach them diligently. And how do we know that that's consistent? Look what he says next. Everywhere you go, when you walk by the way, when you sit in your house, when you're talking, when you're lying down, when you're waking up, he says everywhere you go and every kind of moment in life and every season of life, through what? Through ongoing conversation and through demonstrating yourself by the way you live your life to your child. And think of how, think of how much you, parent, grandparent, aunt, uncle, think how much you learn through observation. Wow, I mean, in the world we live in, we learn so much just by observing the behavior of others. Guess what? Your kids are watching the way you speak to one another, spouses. Your kids are watching the way you react to situations. They are learning about the priorities you set on your calendar and the way you handle your time and the way you spend your money. They are watching. They are learning in all those nonverbal ways, much less what you actually teach them with your words. In other words, Moses says, let's Make every effort we can to demonstrate to our kids what it looks like to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your might. That's a great responsibility. It's a privilege. But boy, nobody said it was easy. Nobody said this was easy. I don't claim it's easy at all. Trust me, we know everything is not always going to be like some you know picture perfect Norman Rockwell painting where the family's all gathered around the dinner table and everyone's smiling and holding hands and praying I mean the reality is more like hey one kid just bit their lip and the other kid is throwing bro broccoli at their sibling okay like that's a little more normal right <laughs> 
It's just not going to be picture perfect all the time. And you feel like you're just doing the best you can. And you're like, pastor, this sounds great, but give me some practical steps here, right? Well, I get it. I do. It's not easy. But we can pursue this. And we can help you. We can help you as a church. This is a helpful illustration that I've heard before uh, and I want to share with you. Parents, so, all right, so let's just imagine that your child's discipleship process is a vehicle, all right? So I'm going to go with a Honda Odyssey minivan because I'm a dad that drives a minivan now. Uh, But anyways, and I'm very proud of it. Um, Those things are actually really cool, just so you know. Um, So let's just imagine you're in a minivan, all right, parent? All right, so here's the deal. Parent, guess what? You are in the driver's seat, all right? If, If that is your child's discipleship vehicle, so to speak, you are driving the car. In other words, you're the one with the eyes on the road. You're the one that sees potential dangers on the road. You're the one that has to keep the steering on the right path. You're the one that knows when to brake, when to push the pedal, when to go a little bit faster, when to slow down. So where is the church? The church, guess what? We want to be, if you would let us, we would love to be in the passenger seat. So again, parents, you're the one steering this discipleship process with your child, but we want to be in the passenger seat along for the ride. We want to come alongside you. We want to partner with you to help you where we can. If you need some directions, we'll pull out the Rand McNally Atlas that nobody uses anymore. We'll pull it out, all right? We'll pull out the GPS, right? We'll show you, we'll help you, we'll resource you, we'll equip you, we'll encourage you. We'll pray for you. That's the role that we want our next-gen ministry to play here at Kernan. So, like I said, we've been looking at our vision as a church, and the overall vision is this. You'll see it on the screen. Kernan exists to glorify God by making disciples who do three things, worship with authenticity, walk in community, and witness as we go. Well, guess what? One of the really cool and unique things about our next-gen ministry is that our next-gen vision statement is actually a restatement of the church's overall vision. It's just reworded in a way that our kids can understand better. So here's our next-gen ministry vision statement, which replicates the overall vision. The next-gen ministries of Kernan create fun and safe environments where we partner with families to guess what? Make disciples who, instead of worship with authenticity, we celebrate God's greatness, right? That's the kid's version. Build friendships, walk in community, right? And share the good news, witness as we go. There you go. See, we want our kids to be able to articulate this well and and really understand this and own it themselves. The same goes for our core values as a church. You see, our next-gen team has done a great job of rewording these core values to to help them communicate clearer to our kids and our students and and instill these truths in their hearts. So the adults, what do we say? Our first core value is we keep the gospel first. Well, guess what? The kids say, hey, we learned the good news of Jesus. As adults, we say we want to know what the Bible says and means. Our kids are saying we study the Bible. As adults, we say we pray frequently and specifically here at Kernan. Our kids say, we talk to God. As adults, we say, we serve the needs of others before our own. Our kids are saying, hey, we help others. As adults, we say here at Kernan that we believe membership is essential to one's commitment to the church. 
Our kids are saying, we love our church family. Actually, maybe the adults should just say that. It's a little bit simpler wording, isn't it? <laughs> we love our church family. So, here's the golden question, ready? What does all of that look like? What does it look like for you to be in the driver's seat of your home, steering the discipleship process, the love for the Lord, with the church in the passenger seat? What, what does that look like here at Kernan? Well, you know, I, I couldn't think of anyone better to ask than guess what? Our own next-gen staff. And so they're going to come up on stage just like we've had the last few weeks. Uh, I'll ask um, our next-gen staff, Yo, you guys go ahead and come, up, come on up. Uh, this is going to be Christy Wilkes, our preschool director, Jessica Shepard, our kids director, and Will Bryson, our director of students in college. So guys, welcome to the stage. You guys give him a hand. <laughs> So thank you guys so much for being willing to do this. And, you know, today I want to talk about what it looks like to assist parents from the passenger seat. And, uh, you know, Christy, I know that you are already doing a good job of assisting people as they drive from the passenger seat. Um, so uh, she's, she's my wife, in case you're a visitor today. Um, so, Christy, why don't we start with you? Um, <laughs> so... Feel, feel free to fire back. Uh, as a reflection, so Christy, as a reflection of the greater vision of the church, why is it important for a child to celebrate God's greatness? And what does that look like here at Kernan? Well, we know we cannot worship a God who we do not know. So we want to teach our kids about the character of God. We want to teach them God's attributes. We want to teach our kids that God is holy, that he is all-powerful, that he is all-knowing, that he is good, that he's mighty. And so we want to teach our kids about God. And so all of our lessons, you're going to find that your kid is learning about the Lord. They do not come here and just learn about random things. They are learning about God in his word. And so we prioritize scripture. We prioritize teaching biblically accurate lessons, and we prioritize teaching them about what God has done through us through Christ. And so we want our kids to know who God is, and we want to do that with joy and excitement because we believe our God is worth celebrating. And so our teachers, there is nothing boring about the lessons that we are teaching. We want them to be teaching with joy and excitement. And so we also want to be teaching our kids what to do in response to that. We worship God. We want to be teaching them fun, creative worship songs where they can be worshiping the Lord and how great he is. And we want to be teaching them what it looks like to live lives in obedience to him and what it looks like to follow the Lord with your whole life. And so we model that and we teach that. Um, and so we are always focused on that when we have your kids at church. Yeah, that's awesome. So, so kind of along those same lines as Christy articulated with celebrating God's greatness, Jessica, as that greater reflection of the, the vision of the church, why is it important for a child to build friendships and what does that look like here at Kernan? Well, just like with adults, I mean, we need each other. We need each other to encourage each other, and the kids are no different. These kids go through difficulties. These kids um, get to celebrate, and we want their friends that are here at Kernan to be celebrating with them, to um, encourage each other, and we want them to really live life together. And so um, here at Kernan, we've tried to do some different things to help um, create these friendships and uh, 
We have each week, we make sure that we set aside time where the kids actually just get to play. So for a portion of their time, when they come in and right before they leave, before parents pick up, they're getting just to spend time playing with one another. And I know that may seem kind of like, hold on, that's not the point. It really is the point. We want them to spend time together because through play, they are building those friendships and they are creating, hopefully, what I hope as a parent, lifelong friendships that when a difficulty arises, that they're going to their friend and saying, hey, I just need some prayer. And and to hear them say, hey, you know, I, I knew you had a test this week and I was praying for you. I hope that it went well. You know, we want them to be encouraging each other from especially as I'm over in like the elementary age, that's a great time for them to start. Um, They are starting to see each other's needs and um, they've kind of exited some of the, you know, in their own world um, stage. And so they're seeing each other and they need to be reaching out. And so that's why we've um, also done things like parents night out and uh, kids camp is an amazing way where the kids are able to spend time together, where they're able to grow, and they're able to see that no one's life is perfect, that we all have sin, and they're able to um, just grow together in their faith. That's good. And so we'll save the best for last year, Will. Um, (laughs) So same line of thought, you know, as that reflection of the greater vision of the church, why is it important then for kids and, in your case, students uh, to share the good news with their friends? And what does that look like at, at Kernan? Yeah, so when Jesus said, go make disciples, he didn't say, once you're an adult. He just said, go make disciples. So our students are very much involved in that. So what that looks like here is our students have to know the gospel. They have to know the good news. Like what Christy said, we're going to really immerse them in God's word. They need to be comfortable explaining that the gospel is Jesus in my place. And so going from there, they're going to go and live their lives with their friends the same way we do. And they're going to let that truth, you know, start resonating with their friends. They're going to build relationships. Their friends are going to see that there's something different about them because of Jesus. And so my ultimate goal is, you know, if, if a student leaves our, our ministry, they need to know what the gospel is, what it means to them, and then what it means for others, and that they can go out and, you know, articulate that, live it, and then their others are going to see the difference. So that that's what that looks like for us, and I think that's a pretty good way, you know, that we should be bringing them up over the four years that we have them. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. So in, in what ways is your ministry, and this is a question for, for each of you to answer, in what ways is your ministry partnering with parents here at Kernan uh, in that passenger seat, so to speak? Um, how are you coming alongside them? How are you equipping them? How are you resourcing them? So if each of you could speak to that, Christy, we'll start with you. Okay, so the programs and the curriculum that we use is very intentional. It's intentionally chosen because we think that these, this curriculum and these programs that we're using are best fit to come alongside parents. So, for instance, the Gospel Project curriculum that we use during kids group hour and community group hour for adults is intentional. So we want our kids to be learning the same lessons that you adults are learning in your community group. Why is that? Because we want you to be able able to jump right in the car after church and ask them, hey, did you guys learn about Esther today? 
ironically, they're not learning about Esther today because we were practicing. But um, <laughs> if you were in community group hour today, you know you studied the story of Esther. On a normal week, your kids would have studied the same exact lesson. Of course, on their level, that's easy to understand. But you are already familiar because let's be honest, I don't care how great of a parent you are. If you're studying a completely different lesson than your kid, your kid comes home with like a sheet that tells about the lesson, then you have to go, you have to look over the sheet, try to figure out what the lesson was about. If you're unfamiliar with that Bible story, then you're really going to have to study up before you can even ask your kid questions about it. And so that's when you get the things like, well, what did you guys learn today? I don't know. But if you ask them a specific question, who was the beautiful young woman that the king chose to be his queen? What was her name? Esther. And so you're, it's creating an easy way for you to be able to dialogue with your kids right away as soon as you leave church. And so the gospel project is intentionally chosen so that you can have good conversation with your kids. Um, so that's one way through our Sunday morning curriculum. Another way that as preschoolers and each of us are partnering with parents is we want to provide recommended resources to you. So for instance, on the preschool hall at the check-in desk, every month I'm going to have a new resource that I would recommend to you. Um, you don't have to buy it every month, but if you want to, I would highly recommend it. Um, we want to be able to show you all, all of the great books and all the great resources there are that are readily available to you. Unfortunately, nowadays we don't have things like Lifeway to where you can walk into a store and look through Christian books and so it's a little bit harder to find what good resources are. And so we want to come alongside of you and say, hey, listen, this is the list of resources that we have that we think are awesome. They're biblically solid. They are Christ-centered. We would highly recommend these books to you. And those range from storybook Bibles. Those range from books about parenting and how to disciple your kids. But there's also just really fun books to read to your kids that have biblical lessons written into them that are written by Christian counselors and that are written by Christian authors. And so we have a whole table out there. Now, there's a lot of books out there because we couldn't <laughs> choose our favorites. I had to take some off because there were so many books. Um, but those are books that we brought that we want you guys to take time today to go out and to look at those books that we brought. It's okay if you're a couple minutes late picking up your preschoolers. But we want you guys to go out to that table and look at all the different options there are. Um, and so we would just highly encourage you to take advantage of take advantage of the resources that are out there for you. So, but as the next gen ministries, we want to be letting you know what those resources are. So, um, and kind of building on what Christy said. So specifically, my family um, gospel project has been super helpful because I have a preschooler, I have elementary, middle, high, and then us adults. So it is very helpful for us to be able to get in the car, like she said, and everyone had the same lesson. Um, and it's cool to hear each of them kind of take away something different and then to be able to have these discussions. Um, and another thing I like about Gospel Project is they have the um, big picture cards so um, for both preschool and elementary. And so you can take these cards home. It's very simple. It gives kind of just a brief overview and then it gives like activity ideas. And so, and it's something that's, it's easy to do. It's quick. Um, and it's a good start uh, for doing like a time of family worship.
Yeah, and so um, one thing that we like to do in the student ministry, we have the Gospel Project on Sunday. So again, the parents are involved in the Gospel Project if you're in your community group. But then Wednesday nights, we also have our own lessons that we do. So every Thursday, um, and sometimes it's Friday, depending on how busy my Thursdays are. But um, after our lesson, um, I like to send out the main point of what we studied on Wednesday night. And it goes to our parents. It's very quick, bulleted three points like every good Baptist should do. Sometimes four if I'm like feeling real exciting. But um, <laughs> Um, I put those out. I put the scripture with it. And it's just the main idea of what we covered. So you're not with us every Wednesday up there. You're not hearing, you know, the bad jokes and things like that that I make that aren't that funny, but they laugh anyways. Um, but you are getting each scripture point that we make and, you know, bring it up with your student. Hey, what do you think about, you know, reading your Bible? Why is it important that we do that? Or what's, you know, so important about having a normal or a regular prayer life? I have those listed each week after we teach, and I send those out, and hopefully it's been a good resource. Um, another thing to add to that, so one thing that we're doing here at Kernan is Awana. So he mentioned students on Wednesday night, they get to hang out with Will and Ashley and um, our other amazing team, and then for the elementary kids and our preschoolers, we have Awana. So we have Cubbies, we have our Sparks, and we have our TNT. And um, the primary focus for Awana is memorizing scripture. It's not the only thing, um, but that is the primary focus. And um, it's so important to memorize scripture. And one thing that I love about Awana is that it pretty much forces the parent to memorize the scripture with the kid. You are having to do the lessons with them. You're having to work through it with them to the point that a lot of times the questions are, hey, ask your parent this. And then the parent has to write down, you know, their answer on how did I get baptized or, you know, just different things about my walk with Christ. And so it forces me to have these conversations um, with my kids. And um, so, yeah, I really love the Arowana program. I think it's uh, great that we also get to spend time in every aspect of celebrating God's greatness. Um, we have like a large group time where we're worshiping, where we're learning. Um, we have our time where we're building friendships and playing games. And then we also have our time where we're sharing the good news and we are saying their scriptures and um, learning how to build other disciples. Yeah, that's awesome. And all great points you guys made. And um, just excellent ministries that are that are accessible. You know, these are all easy things. I will say that um, parents keep in mind. You know, the gospel project was mentioned a lot uh, because that is very strategic here in the discipleship process at Kernan. Um, but you can only fully, uh, well, at all, you can only experience that if you come to community group, right? And so, if you're only coming to worship, just keep in mind that is you are limiting uh, yourself really in that just easy, free, accessible discipleship process. Um, so, you know, being here at 915 for community group, for the adults and kids at the same time, um, that, I mean, that's pivotal. It's a pivotal part of the community and the discipleship process here at Kernan. Uh, so moving on, so what, what is one of the greatest challenges? Because uh, like I said, we all know this is not easy, all right? Nobody's saying it is. Uh, but so what is one of the greatest challenges to discipleship at home for your specific ministry ages? So starting from diapers to diplomas, right? So the diaper stage, Christy, <laughs> what about preschool ministry? What's challenging and what encouragement do you have for parents? Okay, so for family discipleship, as far as preschoolers go at home is, I think the biggest challenge is just parents realizing the need for it and getting started. So creating that habit. 
everything we do in life is based off of habit and things are a lot easier once you get into the routine of doing something and once something is normal for your family. So we want family discipleship to be normal for all of our families here at Kernan. We want it to be normal that our families read the Bible together at home and have discussion about scripture. Um, And so we uh, want to emphasize time at home where you are reading a book, a storybook Bible with your kids, with your preschoolers. Um, I think a lot of parents feel inadequate to do that. Um, If you are not as familiar with scripture yourself, listen, storybook, the Jesus storybook Bible that we have out there is the perfect place to start because guess what? You don't have to lead the discussion. You just read it to your kids and then you're learning just alongside them and they're learning. Um, The first time I ever read through the Jesus storybook Bible, I was in college and my mentor who had young kids at the time, she said, you have to go home and read this. It explains how the Old Testament stories point towards Jesus so well. And I went home and I read it in like two hours, the whole thing. And it is truly great. Um, And so if you feel inadequate to do that, to lead spiritual discussions with your kids, I promise kids resources are the best way to do that. It's such an easy way to get started. And so, but forming that habit. And I think a lot of times parents overcomplicate it. Listen, if you're already reading books to your kids before, before you go to bed at night, start reading the Jesus Storybook Bible to them. Start reading these other really good Christian books that we have out there. Um, sprinkle those into your little libraries at home. Um, and so that's what we do. Andrew reads to our kids each night. There's actually another, we read through the Jesus Storybook Bible, and now we're working on another one that's out there. And so um, we, we do that right before bedtime, and then we pray with the kids, and um, that's our family devotion. That's our family worship time. Now, that's going to evolve as your kids get older. It might look different, but for right now, it just looks like our kids sitting on their bed or sitting on the floor in our playroom and listening to Andrew read through the Jesus Storybook Bible or another one. So keep it simple, but get into that habit while your kids are young so that it becomes normal for your family. Yeah, I think that's great. Um, I think what you talked about where like attaching it to something that you already do is so important because if you are trying to like, okay, let's create this new time, it's probably not going to work. So if you are attaching it to something you already do, like bedtimes or dinner time, um, for us, dinner time works out because we have a variety of age ranges, variety of bedtimes. Um, So for us, dinner time, we're all at the table. And so we spend a few minutes Um, Then, discussing normally Will's emails, um, we go through the bullet points, and uh, so that's been helpful. But for me, I think the biggest challenge for elementary students is prioritizing. And I say that because I think that the schedules, like as you get these elementary students and they've graduated from the preschool stage, you start to see your schedule gets a little crazier. You're seeing that you're having sports activities, you're having music lessons, you're having school activities, and there's just so many things taking place. And if we're not careful, and myself very much included, we will miss the mark and we forget that our priority as parents, um, this is one, this is Ted Tripp. He wrote uh, Shepherding a Child's Heart. The book is out there. I highly recommend it. Um, But he said the priority for parents is to train and encourage our kids to love being disciples of Jesus. And I love, and he says, you know, he wants us to woo our kids to be disciples of Jesus. And that isn't going to look like just one moment of our day. It's looking like what we talked about in Deuteronomy, where it's 
all throughout our day, constant conversations from the time we're driving to school or to the park or wherever it is um, to going to bed and those constant conversations of pointing our kids back to Christ and how he is loving and forgiving and he's also holy um, and so much more. Yeah, and for students, a lot of that, you know, kind of builds off what you said. Our students are very talented. They're very smart. They're involved in a lot of activities. All that brings a very busy schedule. So it's going to be hard to make time to disciple your students. You're going to have to, you know, set something aside. Maybe it's on the way, you know, to wrestling practice or something like that for Jessica. You're just talking about, you know, hey, what have y'all learned in church this week? Or, hey, what's some challenges you've had this week um, spiritually? You know, it, it can be any type of intentional question. You're just going to have to find a way to make that time fit because the older our students get, the busier they are. And it's a good thing that they're busy. Don't get me wrong. We want them to be great at everything it is that they're doing and to definitely be out in their communities. But that's just another layer to it that we're going to have to be very intentional in making sure, you know, church, Christianity, Jesus doesn't get pushed to the side. It's going to have to still be a priority or else our kids aren't going to, you know, make it a priority for them. It's good. It's really good, guys. And um, man, such such great wisdom uh, from from each of you about each of these topics and things. So, uh, real quick, last question, and and I we're on the clock here, so give me a short answer, okay? Uh, what's something What's something coming up this year that you're excited about in your specific ministries? All right, so this is a little bit more general than just preschool, but we are planning to do a fall equip class starting in. August or September? Uh, September, yeah. September um, on the Christian life, so Christian living. So if you guys are familiar, Andrew teaches a current and equip class every um, semester, and they cover different different topics, doing apologetics right now. So in the fall, we are hoping to do a Christian living class where we um, cover marriage, parenting, work, and finances. And so um, we, I'm excited about that because we'll be leading it. Now, the Lord is definitely going to strike me dead if I act like we're perfect parents and we have everything to teach you all. So that is not the case. That class is just going to be an extended time where we continue to talk about exactly what we're talking about right here. And so the parenting aspect of that, Andrew I'll be leading that, and we're just going to have four weeks or five weeks, however long it is, and we're going to be discussing how to disciple our kids, what it looks like to teach them about the Lord, and what it looks like to structure our whole lives about um, raising them to become disciples of Christ, and so that's what I'm excited about. Yeah, I'm excited about that too. Uh, so my most exciting thing that I think I'm looking forward to is Vacation Bible School. And I think I love it so much because it brings in all generations. So I'm excited about it for the kids. And I know that they're super excited about, you know, a great week where they get to, you know, have a great time and play and have fun and learn new things. Um, but also on the adult side, it's a great week to build community here. It really is just a really fun time to work together, to see each other's um, skills, and to uh, let God show us where we're not as skilled, but we can still be used. And um, this year, the theme is uh, like a board game theme, uh, so it's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, the focus is on Jesus walking with him. And um, all five stories, Monday through Friday, are going to be on Peter's relationship with Jesus. And we'll see from the time that Jesus called him to be a disciple 
um, all the way to, you know, Peter starting the ministry. So um, it's a, I'm really excited about that. Real quick, who thinks Kyle should dress up as the, mon- the Monopoly man? Yeah. <laughs> As, as he leads worship, I think so. Yeah, for sure. Yes, last year he right. was Lyle. Right. We, we've already voted on it, Kyle, so it's, it's done. All right. <laughs> so um, two things I'm really excited about for the students. Um, first, once we finish this next um, series we're doing over the next couple of weeks, we're going to dig into the book of Ephesians through the end of the semester, so through May. So our students are going to see, um, one, who are they in Christ? That, there's two main themes of Ephesians, who you are in Christ, and then after that, how they're going to live in Christ. So we're really going to dig into that because that is the gospel and it is how to live it out. So we're going to go through that probably over the course of two and a half months, uh, maybe three. And then we're hopefully going to sit it, you know, just right up on a tee for summer camp, which is the first week of June. So we're going to build up our students, you know, what is the gospel? How does it affect their lives? And then we're going to take them to this wonderful place where there are all these professionals who are specifically trained to hit a home run once we get all the students there. So we want to put that ball on the tee, and when we get there, we want everything to come together for them. So that's kind of our picture from now going through June. There is a method to the madness of what we're doing, and that's, that's I'm really excited about it this spring. And as soon as you bring the students back from their camp, that is when Vacation Bible School is. So they are, like, ready to go, ready to pour into these kids. <laughs> yep. So I think it'll be great timing. Awesome. Well, Thank you guys so much. Hey, don't we have the best next-gen team? For real. Thank you guys. Appreciate it. Well, I hope today has just been uh, encouraging to you. I hope that you have seen a good picture of what next-generation ministry looks like here at Kernan as we pursue the vision God's given us together. As a church family, it takes all of us Right? We cannot do this alone in one little corner by ourselves. All of us together, that's what builds the body of Christ up in love as the Holy Spirit of God works in and through us as we proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ.